Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. This evening's uh, Dharma talk from, uh, given from uh, the monastery from the Zendo, from the, what we call the North Gate or the area of the Zendo that has the uh, Kagyu Shrine, which is part of the Order of Immediate Light. The Dharma talk's title is, what would you like to know? So before I just drop that question in your lap, I can actually talk about that a little bit. Everyone's, everyone wants to know something or about something else, how to make a living, how to get a good job, how to look better, how to keep from aging, how to be healthy, how to, how to, how to, how to. It's, the world is just full of this. And as soon as you ask somebody something, even though their life sucks and is in a mess, they're more than happy to give you advice. Have you noticed? Quite often they're your parents or maybe your friends or your Dharma brothers and sisters or possibly uh, your Dharma teacher, if you have one, might tell you, although they're less, less likely to tell you anything unless you ask. Give them permission what would you like to know? And so that, that's something you could ask yourself. But what, what fundamentally would I like to know? Uh, it could be anything from more surfacey social kind of stuff uh, to actually going uh, what we relatively call the depth of the spiritual path, which is also is not ignoring the surfacey social socialization. Socialism. <laughs> but it's something you could you could look at and see what, what is the fundamental, what's fundamental basic, what is the basic radical minimalist? What is what basically do you really need to know to continue with your life? Is there some part of your life that you need to know more about? You need to understand more deeply. If you're uh, meeting in this uh, uh, Sangha, this uh, spiritual community, then probably this is part of it right here. It may show up in different ways to different people, different ideas, different combinations of your particular brand of confusion, shall we say, or your uh, way of misunderstanding uh, knowledge for wisdom, etc. So I say, I often say, train your mind, see deeply what it is that you can understand or see for yourself. The Buddha, nor the spiritual leader, teacher, mentor cannot do it for you. If they're presuming to do it for you, um, they might be able to help you, but it's, you actually have to do it. You have to do it yourself. So it's good to look closely at your life, at what you're doing or where you're going. Uh, if you do have a, a, a practice, of course, uh, I'm very biased here. My idea about how to practice is very simple and uh, sit down, hold still, watch the movement. And if you watch the movement called meditation, called Shikantaza, Shikantaza translated out of the Japanese is just precisely this. It's, so it's very simple, very radical, very right down to the basis, to the substrate of the consciousness sometimes called the Alaya Vijnana, 
even uh, the Atisha Seven Points of Mind training talks about one of the slogans there, the 59 slogans where he talks about resting in the nature of Alia. I know when I read that, I thought, what is that? How do I, how do I find that? So then you look up Alia, Alia Vijnana, and you look up, and then you find out there's more than one Alia, according to some schools, and we get all distressed. At least I did a few years back. You could also say, what would you like to do? Or what, what, what are you here for? You could say, you could even say, what would you like to, I would like to know who I am. I would like to know what this is. I would like to know fundamentally, what should I do that's fundamentally for the next, whatever time you have on the planet uh, in this particular human realm, this realm of desire. What should I be doing? What should I be doing? Should I be pursuing this kind of a career or activity or education? Society is very ready in the form of the whole culture uh, to tell you stuff, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what's right, what's wrong, what's approved and what's unapproved. So I, I would just say that when I say give the Dharma talk that title, I'm saying we could talk about that. We could talk about what what is that? I think it shows up for everyone in some way. What what should I do next? What should I become an artist, should I become a musician? Uh, I can't make any money in, as a musician unless I'm incredibly uh, lucky or have really good what karma or I'm uh, very gifted. It's interesting, isn't it? You'll notice uh, how some people are just born with an incredible ability to sing and make sounds with their vocal cords that are, everybody turns and looks and listens and pays money and buys records and they become the Beatles or they become, uh, what's that, that other guy? You know, Elvis, I think his name was many years ago. I'm sure there are famous people around uh, right now that I don't know about. You want to name one of them? Go ahead. Famous singer? Um, Sanchi and I were just talking about um, burning the stage. Who? It's a really big Korean band that my nieces like. What's it called? Burn the stage. Burn the stage. <laughs> yeah, burn the stage. And it's they're really famous, right? In Korea and here too. Yeah, burn the stage. <laughs> Can you see them deciding how to name that? We need to name it something that's going to get people's attention. We can't name it uh, flamingo feathers. Not going to work. I mean, no matter how good the music is. It has to be burn the stage. It has to be radical. It has to overturn everything. Be what is that called? Uh, uh, I don't know what it's called. There's names for everything. But sometimes people, uh, we even compliment them. We say, "Oh, you have such a wonderful voice," or "You're so beautiful," or "You're so this." Like, you don't have any say so about that stuff. And somebody who was born a crippled or handicapped or only not particularly appealing to look at or in a, or a black or brown person who was as soon as they're born in this culture they're immediately uh, compromised because they don't get the benefit of the doubt that all the old white men do so sad situation but it but it is there's no one to blame for that it is dependently arisen 
It's, it's the, the causes and conditions that arise as any given situation are show up because of all of the other tributary streams flowing in the darkness that are untraceable, unsearchable. It's not that they're not there, it's just that there's just too many of them. That's the traditional Buddhism sometimes called the 10,000 things, which is an understatement. So what do we want to know? What do I want to know? What do you want to know? I don't really want to know anything. Except when it's time to eat. Yeah, I know I'm being silly about it, but I'm just saying it's pretty simple. Uh, there was a time when I really wanted to know what this was, who I am, what's really valuable. Can I trust this Tibetan? Can I, should I do what this guy's saying? This is crazy. You ever looked at the Tibetan practices? It's like that's some kind of ancient technology that comes out of ancient India, Tibet, so on. The Pern or the indigenous shamanistic religion of Tibet. So, you know, it has its, uh, uh, has its bizarre, uh, but they're bizarre through contrast. It's not in themselves, they're just, it's just their cultural situation. If you're raised in that situation, not particularly bizarre. If you're raised as a Christian or as a, any religion, whatever you're doing might look odd to others, but it's totally ordinary to you because you're raised uh, inculturated. You're actually conditioned to think, well, this is what we do, Hanukkah or whatever it may be. Right and wrong is extra. You know, we don't need that. Although people use that to beat each other up and control people and push some people down and raise other people up. It's, it's quite a mess. It's called samsara or the constant circle, circle, circularity of passion, aggression, ignorance, pain and suffering, hope and fear, success and failure, life and death, up and down, back and forth, but all the relative truths. So you might want, if you do want to see your true nature, what is ultimately important, ultimately true, what is fundamental, then that is what this path is about. I'm not saying that everyone that was teaching of Buddhism or teaching in the name of Buddhism is necessarily uh, pointing to that path. And I'm not here to say who is and who isn't. What I am here to say is you should trust yourself. If you trust yourself, if you trust this, in other words, that doesn't mean correct it, doesn't mean uh, stop, uh, switch into being a nicer, uh, un, uh, unconfused person or a person who no longer has evil thoughts, you might want to not throw those evil thoughts away or those difficult thoughts or that anger. Don't fix anything. Aware, aware, awareness, awareness. Buddha, awake, awake. And what, what did the Buddha awaken to? There isn't anything else but this. And it is not separate from suffering. The very suffering he saw was his awakening. How do I know? I don't know. I have no idea. It's not knowledge. It's not knowledge in the sense of, oh, I've just found this out and that out and this out. And I know what the difference between uh, this Sanskrit word and that Tibetan word or that Pali word and how they, how they 
show up as representative of a certain particular idea in the teachings. So my recommendation is, anyone who's listening, there's a few people listening, I would say, find out who you are. So no doubts. If you have any doubts about who this, who this is, meaning you, not me, but this, this, and this. And if you think they're two different things, you have some work to do. Unless you think otherwise. Unless you think, well, I don't really want to know that. Uncle Bob, I'd rather race motorcycles, motocross. That's a good idea. Right, Don? Sure. <laughs> or I'd rather just work in a factory and raise a family and, and you know, play golf. You know, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is... Uh, surface. It's on the surface and it ignores impermanence. It ignores it. It sees the relative impermanence as nothing lasts. Of course, that doesn't last. Of course, my cars weren't worn out. I need new tires or I need to have a needed new radiator. Nothing lasts. But it's much bigger than that. Who you are that seems so solid and permanent and healthy does not last. I'm not here to fill you up with a bunch of doubts or scare you or frighten you. I'm here to help you with your permission, but I, I, I would need your permission. I think I've said quite a bit already. I'd like some questions. Shoto. What is certainty in not knowing? It is seeing the nature of relative knowledge and ultimate knowledge and actually seeing that they are not two different things. They separate out when they separate out, they cause the imputation of a self to want this and not want that, or want to control this and not control that, or want to side with this and not that, picking and choosing, navigating for some kind of relative fulfillment or success, grasping the, the, the second noble truth, desire, wanting things to be different than they are. I don't have what I want. That's what I want. I need that. So the certainty, which is what you're asking about, is to see those are not two different things. And if you were to uh, elaborate a little bit more on it, it would be that you don't want anything else. Everything that you have, everything, everything is yours. Everywhere you look, it's yours. But you can't find something that is somebody else's. That being the case, because of just a natural hierarchy, the natural boundary between everything, between this finger and that finger. They're separate. Same hand, separate fingers. It's, it's a very simple uh, image, but it's like that. It's like you don't see anything that's, that's other. Everyone, one more, one more statement I'll make. Uh, everything you see is, is, uh, is familiar, recognizable. Uh, of a stranger walked in the room. It's, you just know that you know what this is. I'm not saying that you, you see their faces and you think you might have met them in a past life or anything like that necessarily, or met them in a... Uh, in the local uh, uh, YMCA, but you, you, you see it, you actually see it. Even though that particular form is not what is recognizable, it's this that your perception of this, you perceive uh, not separate all the time. Sometimes it is described as, uh, the, as, it, as it is in the song of the jewel mirror of Samadhi, Hokkyo is on my ancient way of talking about someone who realized this and wrote a long sutra about it, which we chant 
I think we're chanting that right now, or maybe we're chanting one of the other ones. No. How is trusting ourselves different than believing our stories? Yeah. So the trust would be just a little, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's actually seeing that if you see that you have a story and you see that you're believing it, then you, that's what you trust. You don't trust the story. You don't trust uh, that the story is uh, somehow true, but you trust your perception of what that is. It, it shows up if you were to take it descriptively further, it would be like perception without a perceiver. It's just the perception. The trust is just the trust. There's nothing that is trusted in. There's no one trusting anything. It's just trust. And that trust is, is a Buddha nature. Uh, another way of talking about it is to say it is ultimate bodhicitta. Relative bodhicitta is working with more of the polarity of it. But it's ultimate bodhicitta. Nothing is threatened. Go ahead. Um, a few minutes ago, you brought up how it was like um, you don't want anything else. Does that not wanting anything else come out of a, an absence of desire? The desire may still be there because it's dependently arisen. So the desire may still be there. But as my way of characterizing it lately has been to say that the desire may come up, but it can't find somebody who desires. It can't find an identity anymore. The desire is just uh, one of the words that's used in the Tibetan tradition is rangam or self-existing. It just shows up, but it, it doesn't have the the uh, doesn't have all the strings and wires and everything connected to it. So it has its own manifestation, and it, it's always had that. But we've always we've always filled in the. The lines, we, we actually say, well, this caused that, and this caused, this happened because of that. Well, this does not happen because of that. That's, that's the illusory part of it. Go ahead. So is dependent origination a partial understanding? Of course it is. Yeah, it's relative truth. It's the provisional teachings. Ultimate understanding is nothing happens. I'm ready for more questions if you have them. I have a question. We mentioned the ancient teaching for the uh, Dharma. Does, how does impermanence apply to that? Apply to what? Applying to, um, to the teaching, to the Dharma, to the ancient wisdom. Does impermanence apply to that? Yeah, nothing lasts. Anything that shows up, any, all compounded things, anything that's brought together, like this body, Anything that shows up is going down. Uh, realization or Buddha nature does not show up. So therefore it can't go down. It doesn't appear. Only relative things uh, show up and then decay and back into the dirt or back into the ground or back into the past. Then Buddha nature is something that human beings uh, it's your, I sometimes said, this is your birthright. You, you're, you're born and you're attached to a passion, aggression, ignorance. You like this, you don't like that, you want this, but you don't like, want that. You're, you really feel safe over here, but this is really fearful over here. So you better hide out over here for as much as possible. But who you are fundamentally is uh, much deeper and much more profound and vast than this body-mind complex. Uh, with its uh, uh, seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, 
touching thinking consciousnesses and the five skandhas are form, feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness. So the six sense fields and their objects. That is relative truth. So, so go ahead. Go ahead, please. Sorry. So when I say nothing is impermanent, so this impermanence is relative, correct? Impermanence is relative, yeah. And yeah, and sometimes in some teachings, they even say Buddha nature is permanent. But I think that's, I don't think it's necessary to characterize it that way as permanent. It's just a relative statement about something. I would, I would say that the, one of the ways that it's relatively talked about or pointed at or, or taught is to say it, it doesn't, it, it, uh, um, uh, it doesn't appear that way it can't disappear. So it doesn't, there's no appearance there. And you might say, or I might say, anybody might say, well, why, you can't see it then? No, because uh, you can't see what you actually are fundamentally. You can only be what you actually are. And the ego mind, if it gets aligned with that kind of a wisdom mind, it starts to get terrified because it thinks, we, ego thinks that it's somebody who is in danger or might be put upon or might be offended or might be disrespected or might get bad press, or might, 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 or might get ill, or might get sick. We're worried about that. And we kind of drive ourselves pretty crazy with that. Like this whole COVID thing is difficult for everyone. It's difficult for us. It's difficult for uh, uh, us in the monastery. All the people are in here now are not wearing masks. And just so you know, that's because everybody in here has been isolated for a long time. Nobody goes anywhere. And if they do, it's just between two points. I have another question about a uh, teacher. How can I develop or have a right, right view and a good attitude towards a person who I like to call teacher or teachers people? Yeah, don't trust anybody. Unless you have to, don't trust anybody. I'm not out here promoting anything particularly I, I do say, because it's been my experience, that if a uh, spiritual path, the path of the Buddha's Dharma or awakened truth, probably going to need a teacher and going to need a teaching and you're going to need a community. Without those three, if any one of those is lacking, then, uh, then the fruition of seeing what this is uh, probably will not come about. But, uh, but since it's not dependently arisen, uh, it's not dependent on those three, uh, it's just that those three provide a possibility that if your uh, practice of uh, training your mind to try to see deeply and clearly what this is, there's a better possibility, the way it looks here, kind of an opinion of mine, but it's not something new. It's that uh, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, the, the person who is sane, no longer at war with anything, that's the Buddha. No longer at war, no longer at peace, no position. No position but not necessarily positionless because that's kind of a position. So no position tends to work a little bit better. And uh, if the teaching person wants something out of you, a red flag should go up. They want you, if they want something from you. So when I say that, I'm not saying that there aren't some teachers who, who are good teachers for some people and not such good teachers for other people. Why that's the case, I have no idea. 
So I would say don't do anything unless you have to. I function as a teacher. If you if you uh, want me to function as your teacher, you would have to come this way. I'm not going to go after you or promise you anything. Even if you came this way, I wouldn't promise you anything. That would be a insult. It would be disrespectful to you, and it would be uh, wouldn't it wouldn't be appropriate to do that. That's more the mundane path of merchandising or. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this, or if you give me this, or if you act this way, then I'll do this for you or whatever. You, you might as well be uh, doing something like learning to play uh, tennis or something. Nothing wrong with tennis. Bowing, you often mention that uh, that's your life. Life is the your teacher, something like that. How 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 can I? Apply that deeply. Train your mind. You? Train your mind. You home? Just go to the wall every day. Find some time. I know you have uh, two children, a husband, and you have a. Uh, uh, don't, don't ignore those. They should actually come first. But you, you'll be able to find. There's 24 hours in a day. Last I heard, find an hour a day. Uh, uh, negotiate it with your family. Negotiate it with your with your daughter, with your son, and say, you know. Mom needs to do this. I need to do some mind training. You don't have to tell them what it is. Just say, I need to go hang out in the other room, look at the wall. I'm just going to hold very still and train my mind. That's enough. Don't encourage them to meditate. Don't encourage anybody to meditate. Mind your own business. And I'm not that you're doing that. Sometimes people start to meditate and they start to get excited about, well, maybe everybody should do this. Well, maybe they should, but it's there. It's up to them. Don't. So I think uh, if you, I don't know where your husband is with that, but I'm sure he would uh, give you some room to be able to work with mind training, especially if you don't don't make any, uh, um, um, you know, don't pay him any money. <laughs> <laughs> don't bribe him so you can meditate. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Cooperate, co uh, communicate, CCC, CCC, communicate. Uh, cooperate, uh, collaborate. If you, if you, if there's not really strong communication, which means a lot of listening, then the cooperation stuff is going to be faulty, and it will be based on misunderstanding about what the person said or meant. And then the collaboration—that's even a worse catastrophe, because then somebody is actually supposed to be doing something, and because the communication was uh, not clear at the beginning, the collaboration becomes clunky, and then we start to blame people for stuff that goes wrong. Nobody's to blame for anything. It doesn't mean that everybody isn't responsible. Everybody's responsible and nobody gets off the hook. This is your world, our world. Further questions? Kozan. You often say um, a good use of life is to train your mind. What does it mean to have a trained mind? If your mind is, the way we look at it, the way I talk about it, and the way I've been taught is uh, to not be confused about uh, anything. Not even confused about confusion, which is a pretty big statement, don't you think? Not confused, not unsure about who you are, and what's going on in this world and why you're here, what this is about. Our, and our path, uh, the path of the Mahayama path, the path of the Bodhisattva is to 
save all beings, another, uh, say, said in another way, be with all things. That doesn't mean agreeing with evil people or with really difficult energy. It doesn't mean to be some kind of a pushover, but work with the energy as it arises. And so as long as you're still have been downloaded into a human form in the realm of desire, then, you know, depending on uh, all the uh, causes and conditions that arise as your particular karma, you know, your particular situation with your parents and your upbringing and how you were treated, your relationship to others, your abilities, your lack of abilities. There's so many things. I'm just naming a few things. There's less is better. Uh, other than mind training, more is better. And all that is, is just take all emotions that are going down, less, less, less production, more reception, less production. And uh, in an interpersonal relationship, that's talk 10% of the time, produce language and receive, listen 90% of the time. More. You often say, find out who you are. I do. If you, and you also say, if you see it, you won't know it. So how can you find out who you are? Persistence. Persist. Continue to look. And you'll eventually you will see what that is. You're not going to find an identity. If you find the identity that uh, you actually are, uh, you won't have a name for it. If you have a name, that's eh, still, you know, you're still three notches under the top of the mountain. It's a thousand foot mountain and you're... 300 feet above that. And there's nothing to name. There's nothing happening there. It, it's sometimes called emptiness. Sometimes it's called fullness. Sometimes it's called uh, uh, butter pecan ice cream. Don't leave us all hanging. Ask me another question. Jeez, I need help. Okay, time's up. <laughs> Cheers, I'm bowing. Um, the title of the talk was What Do You Need to Know? Oh, what do you need to know? Or what do you want to know? Um, I was wondering, is there anything we, we need to know to just be more compassionate or live a more compassionate life, bowing? Yeah, I think simply put, just just find out what this actually is rather than just uh, continually rotate around with ideas and opinions and judgments and evaluations and analysis about everything. It's not that that doesn't have a relative, uh, a, a relative structure to it that kind of makes sense. It does somewhat, but it's, it's so incredibly circular that you can't think your way out of this. You can't think your way into some kind of a, a heaven realm or God realm or wonderful, blissful thing, because that does not last it, it's, it, for a while, maybe for a whole lifetime. But this does not end. I mean, the ending and beginning, we're not saying it doesn't change into another form, that your body-mind complex doesn't go back into the, into the earth, into the fire, into the water, into the air, into the elements. So find out what this is. And for each person, this is going to be show up a little bit differently. To some people, this will be helpful. This is this will be something that would be helpful to you. Other people, this this isn't gonna gonna click with them. They need to do something else, probably. Further, Jay then? 
She is on Boeing. Um, it, you've said that, uh, well, and you've quoted, I don't know if it was Nagarjuna saying you, you might wake up and you might not. And it just seems like such a daunting thought, the idea of someone actually waking up. And I was just wondering if while we're on the path, if there's anything else we should be dedicating ourselves to, uh, you know, on top of this really big idea of awakening, bowing. Yeah. Forget about your own awakening and save all beings. Help others. Help others. Help your wife. Help your son. Help your Dharma brothers and sisters. Help this old man. Help, help others. Whoever shows up, help them. Uh, doesn't you, you don't necessarily have to help them based on what you think they need, but you could ask actually relate to them where they're at. It could be very simple. How's it going? How are you doing? And and me, really mean it. And if they start to chatter at you for 15 minutes about what a horrible time they're having, listen to them. Listen to every word. Listen to the tone. Look at the body position. Look at the language. Don't have a conversation. Not a good idea. Unless they bring you into it by asking you questions, but, but make sure that you just respond to the question. Don't taper off into some kind of chatter about your idea about what they should do with their snowmobile that won't start, that their brother gave to them and now expects them to fix and the damn thing's sitting in the garage and he won't come and get it. And yet he wants me to fix it. You know what I'm talking about? It's on and on and on. It's just a, people believe this stuff because it's solid. It's, this is a, this is completely, uh, uh, a complete illusion. It's a very solid illusion, but it's illusory. So as someone who is a fully ordained monk, who's someone who has received the, the vow to be with all things, to save all beings, got your work cut out for you. Save all beings, starting with uh, yourself, starting with uh, your wife, your son, your family, and your, your in this case, your, your community. M more questions are good if you have them. Cheese, I'm buying. You said... Um... My initial question was, is there something additional we should be doing? You said help people to, to help others. And what does it mean to help somebody without interfering, bowing? All you have to do is be there. Just If you're, if you're receiving, how the person, I'm not talking about analyzing their body language, I'm saying, but being very aware of their body language, being aware of the color shirt they're wearing, aware of the area they are in your room, if you're talking about an actual situation in so-called present time, listen. So no particular agenda about anything other than the bow to be with all things. You need a reference point? And on our path, that's that's the reference point with all things. The third how do we, go ahead. how do you work with that vow to be with all things as a reference point without understanding the vow to be with all things. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. It can't be done. It's impossible to do this. What is the practice of that? What? What is, the, what is the practice or how do you practice that? Just continue to return to that. That's why you live in a monastery. That's why you are 
have made this kind of commitment in your life to do this. We're not, we're not here to advertise for anybody else to become a monk. I'm not going to recommend that to anybody. Uh, sometimes I say, don't do that. And sometimes I say, don't do anything unless you have to. Don't receive uh, lay precepts or, or a full ordination or don't even meditate unless you have to. I don't recommend that people meditate, that everybody meditate. But if you say, well, what do you think the, the world needs to do? And I'd say, everybody needs to meditate, but that's their business. And the whole world needs to become a monastery. And from the point of view of uh, realization, the whole world is a monastery. It's just a, a really sloppy one. But it's but those forms are there, there are there are teachings everywhere. Everything is preaching the Dharma. Everything is preaching uh, the words of the of the understanding of the Tathagata. Everything is saying, 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 not separate, not separate, not separate, not separate, not separate. It's everywhere. How do you see that? Sit down, hold still, look at the wall, and watch the nature of the phenomena that arise in the mind as passion, aggression, ignorance, light. I like it, I don't like it, it's good, it's bad, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. And notice there's something that doesn't do any of that. There's some aspect of consciousness that's not doing anything. Don't believe anything I say. Don't believe that. Thank you. Thank How can I keep uh, a humble and a fresh attitude to receive? Bowing. Don't worry about being humble. Uh, one of the ways that you can do the receiving is watch how you keep re refusing things. Watch how something shows up and rather than just let it float by, you want to push on it. Not you, I'm not blaming you or accusing you of anything. But if you're asking me that question, probably you're interested in, in understanding how to do that. And so how you do that is you have to start out by looking at the difficulty, which is you don't want to do it. You don't want to receive. You don't, you don't want to do that. You want to push on it. Or at least that's somewhat, that is somewhat compromised in your consciousness in some way that would bring up the, that kind of a question. So you have to look, if you're going to deal with some kind of a difficulty, you have to look at the difficulty rather than just cover it up with a solution. Now, this is what marketing is about. The whole world is it's called materialism. Something's wrong. You're having difficulty. Somebody wants to sell you something sometimes to heal it or fix it, but quite often it's just to cover it up so they can charge you a fee. There is even some meditation teachers that do that. So it's everywhere. Materialism, spiritual materialism, psychological material, materialism, material materialism, get stuff, get stuff, control stuff, control, acquire, control, acquire materialism. Susan. I think you said trusting yourself is trusting yourself is trusting the perception. Yeah, what you, does it look like to trust a perception? See that you don't trust yourself. All you have to do is look at that. Because the not trusting yourself is that area where you can actually see the the, the seventh consciousness or the, uh, that aspect of consciousness that thinks there's something that needs to be protected or something that needs to trust itself. It's always about awareness. It's never about a conclusion or a result. It's about awareness, which do, has no past or future and actually is a, it has so much space that it looks like solidity. 
to, to one who is perceiving. It looks like something. Like the self looks like some, me, me, you, we're somebody. I know you, you know me. Sometimes we came up and paint buildings. Have we ever done that? No, we've never done that. In the 13th century, I think we were doing that. More? Is it, it sounds to me like the way that I'm not trusting myself is already something on top of the perception. So how can I look at the perception if there's already something on top Just of it? Just persist. Just continue. It's like I often use the image of when somebody asks a question quite often about how can I do this when I'm, when this just looks like no progress, it looks like I'm backsliding or it looks like I'm never going to understand this. That's how it, that's how it feels. Or that's how it looks. It's a, from the mundane point of view, it's a failure, but from the ultimate point of view, uh, it's a, it's a kind of progress that, that doesn't come in increments. It doesn't have a measurable quality to it, even though it's all kinds of teachings that tend to try to measure everything. The five, the five, uh, the five paths measure things, the 12, the 10, 10 boomies and the armies are measuring, but there's no beginning or end to any of that particularly. So you would just, just continue. So as I was using the metaphor of a mountain, it's like someone who is, who is, goes up and down the mountain all the time, is, goes over the mountain and sometimes actually is the mountain and sometimes is, is nowhere to be found. Then if, if you ask that person about your path, they're going to see you on a mountain. They're standing right next to you. And they will say, just keep going. Because they know that you're on the path, but you don't, because your imputation of what a path would be would be some kind of gradual getting somewhere or becoming more enlightened or more aware or more, 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 more. Misunderstanding. Michael Bowing. Certainly. How do we receive without expecting something? Just notice that you expect. So I mean, this is taught differently. I, the way I teach it is uh, probably horrible for people. So there's, uh, you know, you could, Don agrees, this is a horrible condition. <laughs> you know, you could listen to Kempo Sotram Gamso, who teaches the progressive stages of meditation on emptiness, which is an absolutely fantastic book. But I'm nowhere the teacher that that person is. And I'm not even going to try to be. I, I don't have the kind of understanding, the perception. nor the, uh, as I would say in the military, the time in grade. I think he's in his 80s somewhere. He spent like 20 years in solitary retreat. Temple did. Anna Maria Bowing. Yes, Anna Maria. When, when you're working with, in this work, and you recognize things that feel very uh, particular, and you've used that phrase before, something that is particular to you. How do you work with that particularity without taking the particularity, without personalizing it? Bowing. I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm, if I'm under following you, the particularity of a, of a person, how do you? Like for example, bowing. 
um, there are certain things that arise, difficulties that feel like, let's say envy. And that feels very particular to this being in this lifetime. How do I work with that without personalized, without taking it personally and latching it onto a being? It just seems like from particular, recognizing that something is particular to you, it gets rear-ended by personalizing it. <laughs> yeah, but just don't stop personalizing it. Just be aware that you're doing it. Don't try to, to, to improve too much. So watch the, the, the negativity. I'm not saying this isn't recommended in a lot of quarters, but this is the way I teach it. You might have to be the very uh, crappy person you're trying to change or get rid of. You might have to really be that person. And fundamentally, that doesn't mean go out and hurt people. It doesn't mean take it to extremes, but be the negativity you're trying to uh, quash or that you're trying to get rid of or you're trying to chop up or do away with. Be the negativity. Uh, it's like one, of, one of the ways that this is sometimes said is uh, one of the ways that I've said it is if you had a if you had a, a murderer and a, a perpetrator, a murderer and a victim, uh, which one you, you had to be one of them, which one would you be? It was 50% of the people will say victim and 50% will say the, the murderer. But both of them, I mean, you're, you're forced into it. They're, they're, they're interchangeable. It's not that somebody isn't responsible, so don't misunderstand. But you have to really realize, to uh, see ultimate truth, you have to see the nature of relative truth. And the nature of relative truth, not two things. Not one thing. Not separate. It's not separate. You can't have a murderer without a victim. And the person, sometimes if a person wanted to be a, said, I, oh, I want to be a victim so that, so that person doesn't, uh, so that, uh, um, so that, because I don't want to, how did I say that before? <laughs> See, I told you I don't have a memory for anything. Uh, it's the, the other, oh, I was going to go the other way. Though sometimes a person might want to be the murderer so that the person they're murdering doesn't have to have that horrible karma of being a, being a murderer. This is kind of a silly little story about some kind of idealism. It doesn't exactly fit in all ways, but there's something to that. Uh, there, there are two ends of the same situation. There's really horrible situations and really good, healthy, uplifted situations. They're not separate from each other. They just look like it. So I, what I'm saying is that very negativity you're trying to subdue or get rid of, uh, it's not that you couldn't do that, but if you're asking me, I would say you might want to actually embody the emotions that you're trying to get rid of there. You don't have to hook up your vocal cords and scream at people or hook up your musculature and uh, bust people's windows out, but you could, you could feel that negativity. Uh, you could be that negativity, have a willingness to uh, Trung Purnumache would say uh, back in the old days, be genuine, be genuine. And I contemplated that phrase a lot because I thought the only way I can be genuine is to be the crappy person that I don't like, be the, the full of myself, uh, self-centered, narcissistic uh, buffoon. So, and, and Maria Bowing. You see, I succeeded at doing that. <laughs> Um, what is, what is embodying to personalizing? Embodying is just, just, uh, uh, not, uh, not stepping away from the energy 
or the or whatever is arising in consciousness the negativity the passion the aggression the ignorance and not stepping away from that and going into personhood about it in other words i'm the one who's having this feeling i need to stop it it's it's a very it's it's hardly even a movement it's so subtle it's called in the yoga char tradition it's called the seventh consciousness rotating the, the what is happening in the other consciousnesses into that area that is completely paranoid and wants to shut everything down, wants to control things, wants to blame others and doesn't want to be held responsible, but wants to be respected, wants, 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 wants. And so what it means is stay with the original, the primary energy that arises, that's it. The primary anger. Anger, as uh, Trump Rinpoche also said to quote him again, anger without hatred. If there's hatred there, then there's somebody who's upset about something and is trying to blame or correct or fix or get revenge. But if there's just anger, then sometimes it's called transmutation. I don't use that word much because I, I don't think anything happens. It's just, you just stop fighting with the damn thing. Thank you. Very helpful. You're welcome. Junchu Valley. Question on YouTube from Christopher. Christopher. How do I stop this cycle of living then wanting to die? Yeah. Well, what am I going to say? Train your mind. I, I don't know what you're dealing with, so I can't talk about specifics, but you're here and you're asking a question. Uh, living and wanting to die, that just rotates. Um, there are no separate things anywhere. Everything is dependently arisen and it, and it creates a kind of separation that looks like if we can just get the right idea, we can just find the right level, we can find the right button, the right off switch, on switch or whatever, we can somehow get control of this. I'm not saying you can't, you might get the illusion of controlling it for 60 years, possibly. But I would say train your mind, sit down, hold still. You um, Look who you're talking about, very biased. I, I don't know if you can do this without a teacher without a teaching and without a community. If you try to do it on your own, maybe, maybe, but it would be, it would be challenging, it'd be difficult. So, pretty good question. Just don't give up. Don't end, don't end what you didn't start. You didn't create this. We didn't create this. You have no right to kill this situation. And if you do, I'm not saying you'll go to, burn somewhere, but it, it'll be back around and you, you'll come through this again and then you'll have another opportunity to not kill yourself. And then you'll be back again and then you'll and then you not kill yourself. I'm being a little silly about it, but I'm not too far off on this. I've been there. I know what I know of which I speak. How do I know? I don't know. I don't I don't function out of knowledge. I, as I've said many times, and I'll say it again. I'll say it really. I'll say it three times. I teach out of what I see. I don't know anything. I have no accumulated anything. But nothing, nothing is accumulated. I'm teaching. There's no one, there's no solid being here. Uh, so <laughs> if you ask Uno, she'd say, well, I have to disagree with it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, he's pretty solid. So, but, but what I'm saying is I, I see this situation and that's how I, that's how I'm able to even be, uh, be so presumptuous to sit next to this uh, 
ancient uh, 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 representations of this ancient lineage, the Kagyu lineage, or the Zen tradition, or the Buddhist tradition going back 2,500 years. I never thought I would be doing this. And why? Because of intense narcissism. If you think you're somebody, then, then if you put in a position of some kind of uh, authority or power, then what shows up there? I don't even need to explain it to you. It's, you, you become beyond the situation of living every day and then not wanting to live. That kind of polarity, the downside of that is it sounds terrible. The upside of it is you're being shown exactly what this is, not separate. You're shown one half and the other. You're shown life and death, life and death. That is the teaching. I mean, if you can receive it as a teaching, but in order to do that, you, me, all of us, we have to be students. We have to be a student. You can't do this or you can't practice this path. You can't be a monk or a lay practitioner or someone who has not received any precepts without being a student. Be a student. Everything is teaching you. Everything is a teaching. Uh, and from the point of view of this uh, old man, everything is, this is the words of the Buddha everywhere. They're not words, it's just not separate. Not Everything is saying not separate. And also not smushed together. One last question, if there is one. Junchu. A question from Shane in Virginia. I think you've said before that beings are more likely to awaken in the human realm. Can sentient beings awaken in the other realms? I, I'm not sure. It's just a way that it's traditionally taught the human realm because there's curiosity there and the other ones were so uh, beings are so tied up in their in their heaven realm and their or their jealousy realm you know fighting with others or competing with others or uh, in the hell realm of, of making war on others or shutting down in the animal realm or filling stuffing their face in the the uh, hungry ghost realm um, but I would think that probably awakening could happen ever anywhere because it's not just, you're not just trapped in a realm. If you're in a realm, then you've probably been through lots of different realms. So it, it seems that being in an area where you have some curiosity, some openness, uh, it's the realm of desire. You still want stuff, but it's not overwhelming uh, situation like, uh, say, the God realm is where you just think you made it, you're here, everything is fine until suddenly you get lung cancer and you're dead in two weeks. And then all of a sudden that heaven realm is gone and you might spend the next two weeks in hell. I'm not trying to be particularly a downer. My downer? Yeah. Go ahead, Koza. Oh, I was just... Oh, you're not hitchhiking? <laughs> <laughs> cool dude. Yeah. Cool dude. <laughs> okay, I guess we're, unless there's another question. Please, Bowling. Let's go ahead. Is who we are uh, separate from the ego? Well, it's not, it's not separate from, it's not separate from anything. 
Mm. Uh, the ego mind that is a self-centered, uh, kind of greedy, uh, protective, you know, worried, uh, hope and fear, um, tied up with the three poisons of passion, aggression, ignorance. It's, it's imaginary. Uh, but in, when we see who it is and see that it's imaginary, then we don't mind it hanging around. You don't have to get rid of your ego. It's not real. It's, it's there. And depending on the person who sees that, it may hang around and, and you know, whisper in your ear every now and then. And you should listen. You should always listen to everything. Uh, but what you, who you actually are, uh, and I'm not asking you to believe this, is not separate from anything. Anything or anybody, the ego, the, I call the ego the clown on the roof. If there was a clown on your roof, you know, you might hear him make a racket every now and then when you were doing something that the clown didn't care for. Uh, but it doesn't have to leave. You can stay up there all at once. It just is not invited to dinner. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for the question. Nice to see you again. I guess uh, Uno says we're going to dedicate that merit in, here in the monastery. So uh, all the sounds that will come from here. This, this can be turned. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with light. 